dangerously close. My guest today is Tarek Tersman. Tarek is a queer Palestinian Guatemalan comedian living in Miami, Florida. He is currently an improv actor and stand-up instructor at Villain Theater, where he produces shows like Tonight with Tarek and Nothing But Crowd Work. He also produces a comedy stage for Gay 8 Festival. Tarek is open for Ilana Glazer, Carlos Santos, Francisco Ramos, and Gianmarco Sarisi. He also stars in Villain Theater's annual queer comedy festival, No Fear, We're Queer, every June. And guess what else? If you didn't know, uh, Tarek has been a realtor for 15 years in Miami and has a master's in international real estate from Florida International University. What's up, Tarek? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. Dude, what's, what's the Villain Theater, man? That sounds fun. Well, Villain Theater is one of Miami. There's only a couple, um, but it's one of Miami's only comedy theaters, comedy venues, but also training center. It's one of the only places you can take stand-up and improv sketches, sketch courses, uh, sketch writing courses. Um, oh, kind of. Is it kind of like a like Second City? Yeah. Okay. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, some of our members, uh, one of them, I believe, was in Second City actually. So yeah, that's the idea was to build the Second City. That's what the founders wanted. Um, you know, as of the last, they've been around for seven years. As of the last five years, they've been in a, a location in Little Haiti, which is a, a neighborhood uh, very close to Wynwood, one of the very popular neighborhoods here who, that used to be a Puerto Rican neighborhood that was gentrified into Wynwood. And now, you know, Little Haiti's kind of facing that, that um, you know, gentrification. I don't even know what I'm talking about this, but that's where Villain Theater is. And uh, we're surrounded by all these art galleries. And there's a it's a very interesting moment for Little Haiti. And, and villain theater has a lot to do with that too. It's a very, you know, it's a very local spot too. Um, a lot, of course, we get people from out of town because Miami is a very touristy city. But um, uh, it's it's where a lot of the locals come to to hang out because it's low key in a way that's uh, not Miami. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's not like uh, South Beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you wanted to get an artsy vibe, you know. Um, we, I, you know, there's there's a term out there. It's called troppy goth. Okay. You know, it's like um, we're goth. You know, I'm very dark and goth, and I wear black all the time, and I love you know alternative rock music, but I'm also very Latino. <laughs> yeah. So you know, um, <laughs> we still wear bikinis and shorts, but they have skeletons on them, kind of thing. So like, if you want That's those cool. troppy goth vibes, if you want some artsy vibes in Miami, you have to go to Villain Theater. Okay. And little in Winwood, those neighborhoods, you know. I was just curious. So next time I'm in Miami, Villain Theater is on the top of my list of places I will absolutely visit. You, uh, so you like? I'm sorry, did that even answer your question? I'm such. Yeah, a yeah. It, no, it answered my. That was a, you asked me about Villain. And about <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. No, this dude, that was a long podcast. <laughs> that was a very uh, thorough explanation of Villain Theater. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I feel like you can't talk about Villain Theater without explaining what's going on in the area. You know, we we recognize that there was. Uh, a need for a venue like Villain Theater. And, uh, you know, a lot of comedians, unfortunately, in Miami, they leave, they move to New York. And part of that is not just because of the opportunities, but it's also because there's no nurturing, there's no community, there's no, you know? Yeah. So now there's starting to be um, 
a community, a comedy community here and a bit of nurturing, but villain theater is really where people go to get notes, either the courses or, you know, to sit with a bunch of comics and, you know, hear what they have to say about you, you know, yeah. it's where you can grow as a comedian. So it's, 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 it's great vibes. You definitely have to visit when you come. I think uh, Nashville has a similar kind of thing going on with like the nascent uh, comedy, yeah. comedy scene where it's like, I mean, it's, there's a lot of people and it's getting big fast, but I would say, man, like 10 years ago, I felt like there was no like real stand up. I mean, like there were stand up comedians, but there was no opportunities for them to really get out. And now there's like opportunities every week. So it's... I think that something happened during COVID, right? Yeah. Um, before COVID, no one was doing this whole like online comedy thing and stuff. I mean, there was a lot of content creators, right? But yeah. I think comedy and, and content creation were still kind of separate, like stand-up comedy, especially. But anyways, I think that, you know, comedy used to be focused in the city, in, in certain cities. Um, and people in smaller, you know, not comedy-centric cities, places like Tennessee or Florida, they would go see, they would pay to see, um, you know, people from out of town, people from New York and stuff. But there wasn't really a local comedy vibe that was, you know, uh, nurturing to the, you know, that kept their artists here. So, but I think because COVID showed people that um, local is necessary, you know? Yeah. Um, and because, you know, a lot of artists went online and found other markets, you know, a lot of people moved to Florida because Florida stayed open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for better or for worse, you know? Yeah. You know, DeSantis kept us open. So all the New Yorkers who were talking shit about Floridians for not wearing masks flew to Florida to not wear masks with us. And uh, they were working. So... Yeah. It, you know, all these L.A. New Yorkers, they went to Florida and kind of propped up, like, you know, kind of woke up the scene up and uh, or helped us, you know, wake it up and and build opportunities. Because then these people came back, you know, and, and we would open for them, you know. So I went from being, you know, an open mic comic to opening for Francisco Ramos and Gianmarco Soresi from New York and in L.A. And the only reason they were here in Miami is because they couldn't perform in New York. Or yeah. I hate saying this because I know a lot of people, you know, suffered and stuff, but yes, like, yes, there was, yes. there were silver linings, a lot of silver linings. I yeah, experienced a lot in my life. life. Just for me personally, it was, I got this because I uh, couldn't work at the job I was doing and I ended up what were you uh, doing before COVID. <laughs> I was right at the beginning of that. I was actually doing, uh, I was a, a bike courier. So it was a job that suddenly was like kind of not needed because nobody was in their offices downtown. And I was able to, because I was, had, been doing it so much i was able to uh get on get in on the unemployment deal they're like oh you can't go to work here's a fucking free check every week and i was like dope so i can just do only what i love and not worry about my bills that so like like i said i feel i feel bad like bragging about what a great time i had when i know that you know you know i don't know <laughs> Moving uh, no, no, no. I feel you look Florida was crazy because you know a lot of people died here yeah there's, there's, a, there's we have a large older you know everyone comes here to retire didn't so, you guys have the highest death rate of any state yeah. and I'm reading the news and I'm getting ready to go to shows right when this yeah. is happening so it, it kind of fucked us up mentally <laughs> uh, you know because um we knew it was dangerous but you know our I mean, whatever. That's Florida. If you yeah. that's Florida. But yeah, a lot of people suffered. But at the same time, look, I'm a realtor. And uh, you know, COVID was great to us. You know, there was a everyone moved here. I couldn't, you know, I would 
I wouldn't just send everyone to to voicemail. People, you know, like it it was crazy. I never experienced so much traffic and sales. Probably the similarity was when I started doing real estate in 2009 and 10, and it had been the crash, the 2008 crash. And like, you know, all these condos in downtown Miami were $90,000, $80,000. So I remember that real estate rush. And this one was crazier. Like yeah. New York took over and, you know, I, I made money. You know? yeah. I made money, um, uh, you know, bought a car, did everything. You know, yeah. it was a good time and it was crazy. Now it's halted. All the New Yorkers have gone back and the market's kind of like sucks. But but yeah, yeah we were, were we're doing great comedy wise, real estate wise, while people were suffering. It was horrible. Not to kind of blow up your spot a little bit, and you don't have to answer this if you if you don't want to, but like just on the real estate, like in a place like Miami, it, like is there like issues with like uh, some beachfront properties where you're like, all right, this is like, you know, this is like a multi million dollar house, but like it'll probably be below sea level. Yeah. Do you, do you have to take that into consideration? Yeah, people don't, you know, what people don't think, you know, the, the thing is, people don't think of. Uh, people are not realistic of how the water level is going to start affecting us. You know, it's not like you're going to wake up one day and there's going to be water up to here in your face. No. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Step one, insurance companies are starting to flee Florida. Yeah. So you're not going to be able to insure your property against flood, against the water, against anything. Yeah. Literally insurance. This is in the news everywhere. Right. Yeah. The weather, the water level, any excuse. We're running out of insurance companies that are going to insure us, and the premiums are horrible. My HOA fee, I live in a condo. Um, you know, half of our HOA fee, our monthly fees, are go to the building insurance, you know, and all the insurance costs for the building. This year, they tripled. Our HOA yeah. fees, like, I went from paying $600, I'm going to start paying $1,200 a month next year. Yeah. Double, just the insurance costs. So, first of all, that's going to happen. So that gazillionaire is going to have such a big bill and such, and the thought of not having his house insured, you know? So I think pe those properties are, are going to start losing value and people are starting to move where there's that's not a problem where they will be insured. Yeah. But little Haiti, Haiti has, little Haiti has the best elevation. <laughs> little Haiti has the best elevation in the city of Miami borders. All right, guys, insider tip. If you're looking to buy, not so in much insider, not not anymore. They, it's really if you look at you know who's bought Little Haiti, it's huge New York developers. They've been doing it for the last ten years, but that's part of why they did it, and they did it quietly too because of the elevation. But yeah, that's already starting to happen in terms of you know South Beach is very popular. It's a very popular lifestyle. I sold a lot of condos to New Yorkers there in the past few years. However, every time they bought, they understood that they were buying temporarily. You know, yeah, I'm gonna buy it, and they weren't <laughs> thinking like, "Oh, I'm gonna make a killing on this purchase." They were thinking, "I have to sell before I don't, before I lose any money, before you know someone else is willing to buy this little time in this beautiful little island called Miami Beach because it's a it's a marvel. It's yeah. a little Art Deco marvel. It feels like Southern Italy or Europe. You know, you can walk everywhere. Everyone's in shorts and swimsuits. It's and 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 you're going to work. It's beautiful. It really yeah. is a magical. Oh, I love South Beach. I love, no, love, but it's not gonna love last. South Beach. I know. Yeah, but it's not sustainable. I, and now the condo, you know, you're going to be able to afford a condo because the prices are going to drop, but the HOA fees are going to be ridiculous. Like very briefly, it might, you know, like in Detroit there for a while, like you could just buy up like houses for like 70 bucks a house. I wonder if like once things, you know, once the sea level rises to a certain point, people like me might be able to go down there and just buy like a dope beach house that I know it will only last for like a few months yeah, and I could just throw that's parties. Totally what, that's already, that's, <laughs> yeah, totally. That's what people are doing with the condos. 
Um, you know, because already you don't want to pay those in HOA insurance costs. The next person's going to pay less. And yeah, you're just going to pay for, for as long as it lasts. And I'm sure there's examples of this in, in history somewhere, you know, someplace yeah. that used to be popular and couldn't be because of whatever changes <laughs> it ceased to be because of whatever changes. But yeah, that's totally Miami's reality. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and honestly, it, I feel like this lifestyle we're living, Miami's like in a little golden era right now. It's kind of an illusion to um, our representatives or salespeople. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you look at the news, uh, there's an FBI probe now into our mayor being a consultant for developers. Yeah. Which, first of all, I didn't even know that being mayor of Miami wasn't a full-time job. You know, <laughs> you know that he had time to consult for developers and get like thousands of dollars a month from them. Anyways. So you know what I mean? Like they're not focused on making the city sustainable and last a million years and keep yeah. it on overground. They're just trying to milk it. Yeah. For you know, get the, get as much money out of Miami as they can before it you know it stops doing that for them, and then just move their money to the next place. It's kind of like the the cocaine rush in the eighties. You know, it's like make the money while you can, you know, any way you can, and then get out. The rent drove everyone out. And when I mean everyone, I'm talking about the immigrants, the young people, the artists, the workers, the people that make Miami interesting. Yeah. Right now, Miami is, you know, suffering of a scarcity of, of a change in culture and dynamics and stuff. You know, I used to live, I live downtown. I'm in Brickell downtown. And yeah, I recognize it's the international part of, of Miami and it's going to be affected always. It's going to change very quickly. But, you know, I, I'm sad to say that all the cool places with the best live music, with the best, you know, theater or this, even the movie theater is about to shut down. You know, like, yeah, everything is just a bar that exists in Dubai, every other, you know, yeah. like downtown. But that's, you know, that eventually is going to happen to Little Havana, Little Haiti. We're experiencing, like, seriously, like, parallel worlds, dude. That's like Nashville. Wait, Nashville's in Tennessee. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been talking about. Sorry, I'm from I'm from Miami. Sorry, yeah. I'm from Miami. I'm just making sure I'm talking, getting my states right. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. But Tennessee has, I think, the highest rate of return. It's one of the safest places to invest in the world. Yeah. Well, we don't have any hurricanes or shit. I mean, we, I guess we have like tornadoes. You guys and have a strong local economy, but you also have enough tourism. And like out of town visitors that'll, you know, and people invest there. They buy like, you know, mountain houses and stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, mountain, like uh, things that they can rent to tourists and stuff. So uh, hey, having, having said rent. that though, I, I would, uh, I want to add this caveat. Don't move to Nashville. Stop, stop moving here. <laughs> oh yeah. Everyone's, everyone. We're, we're full, dude. We're full. <laughs> Miami's full too. You know, smaller cities like Nashville, Miami, kind of similar in a way, you know, we're, we, you know, people have heard of us. We're pretty famous. We're pretty important. You know, Nashville is, you know, country music and all that. But really, they're going through this big, you know, dawn population growth because people got sick of going to New York, L.A., you know, the bigger yeah. places. They became impossible. So, you know, and now yeah. these places are impossible. I'm going to throw Austin in there, um, you know. Um, Denver, <laughs> my friends <laughs> Denver. Now they hate it. Everyone's in Denver. Yeah, you know? all these like you know medium-sized cities that are kind of getting globalized and becoming more and bigger. Yeah, they're gonna change. It's it's too much. You know, because I like the mid-city vibe, like mid-sized city vibe. Yeah. But uh, it's getting harder and harder to find one that hasn't been like just blown up by developers at this point. 
Yeah. But the thing is, you know, it's that's that's just as someone look, I, I, I grew up in Guatemala. I went to American schools my whole life. So, you know, and I've lived here for 20 years. I'm now an American citizen. So I've been Americanized. And the way I so I've been able to view America from the outside, from the inside, it's just the culture. It's capitalism. Yeah. You know? Uh, we're going to, you know, it starts out cute, something cute, something local, artisanal, you know, in a small place, a small corner <laughs> of a Puerto Rican neighborhood in Miami called Wynwood. Yeah. And then it becomes a, a chain. And then it becomes this. It's just, you know, that's how we, I think, you know, I don't know if we can help it, you know? Yeah. Speaking of Guatemala, uh, you have a you have a bit, dude. It was like, uh, you know, Guatemalan and Palestinian. And you, I think you said something like that you're like the Shakira of comedy <laughs> does that ring a bell yeah I, I saw that clip somewhere and i thought it was very funny <laughs> it's 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 funny because like when i moved to this country it was like how i had to explain myself to people because like how can you be arab and latino at the same time you know yeah it's impossible um, <laughs> it's impossible but i'm very much so you know i grew up in a home that was arabia but my i lived in guatemala you know yeah so, and there's a lot of us you know salma hayek there's you know a bunch of us out there the richest man in the world carlos slim is lebanese mexican you know i didn't know that yeah and he's quite lebanese he's that day you know his grandfather was from lebanon so he still eats the food he's visited you know that's cool so, the president of el salvador Bukele Naib. I knew him. We went to these, you know, Central American uh, Arab, uh, like, you know, camps or things the young kids used to go to. He's uh, only a few years older than me, you know? Yeah. But, you know, we're around, we're there. Um, well, also Shakira. And that's how right? I would play myself to people. Like, <laughs> Shakira. You know? she, she's like Argentinian and no, she's Le Colombian Lebanese. So. Colombian Lebanese. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the yeah, so she, when you say that though, Colombian Lebanese is non-threatening to Americans. You know, they've heard of Lebanese people and they like Lebanese food. And Colombia's cool. It's Colombia. You know, yeah. Whether you you know whether you connect it to you know the cartels and drugs or whether you connect it to you know Shakira and all the good stuff, you love it. But when I say I'm Guatemalan Palestinian, it's like immigration and terrorism. You know? <laughs> so it's like it's just I love the contradiction. You know. Just, yeah. You know, and Guatemala, you know, people always, you know, that's another thing. People love the name. It's such an exotic sounding name to everyone, not just Americans. I went to South Africa and people were like, oh, my God, are you really from Guatemala? He's like, do you know that here in Cape Town, we say Guatemala when we say like, but fuck Egypt or, you know, when we're trying to name like some. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm cussing. I don't know if I can. You can say what the fuck you want, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Or is that even the same, but fuck Egypt? Is that what people say? You know, when you're saying some faraway, exotic, distant land. Yeah, but fuck Egypt is definitely a, a phrase. <laughs> is that, yeah, that's how you say it, right? Okay, cool. You know, uh, what's, a, you know what's kind of crazy, man? Uh, so I, I took, I, I minored in Spanish. And, uh, but I feel like just throughout the years, I've learned more Spanish from Guatemalans than probably any other... Thank God, because you're in Tennessee. There's probably yeah. Well, I mean, you you would think that I would have learned more Spanish from like Mexicans, but just because of like two different jobs I've had that I held for a long time had like a bunch of Guatemalan dudes, and one of them was a construction job I had. I was a, I was a tile setter, but for the company, there was a whole crew of dudes from uh, Guatemala that didn't like. Only one of the guys on the crew really spoke any English, and all the guys like my foreman and all those dudes didn't speak any Spanish. And I was the only person that could go, I could speak both languages. 
And so I got this sweet deal where I was like, kind of didn't have to, I got paid the same, but I wasn't really working. They were just using me as a translator because those guys, the, the Guatemalan dudes were the best crew. They were the fastest, they're the yeah, fastest, yeah. hardest working dudes. And having them like we're on famous tile, like we're famous <laughs> yeah. for how good we are at like laying tiles. No, they, yeah, they were they were incredible, like precise, fast, and like they would like show up and like you know work for so many hours. They would sleep in shifts. It was crazy. So, but like they just made me the translator, and it was awesome because anything I didn't understand, they would teach me like patiently. And so and Guatemalan and Guatemalan Spanish is actually very very clear. It's, yeah. it's not, um, our accent is very neutral, even more neutral than the Mexican and Mexican is pretty neutral, uh, you know, easy to understand for people who are learning it because Salvadoreño, any other accent from Central America is a lot stronger, Yeah, but you know, but so that's a great Spanish to learn people. Yeah. It's a great place to learn Spanish. Um, it seems like a little bit less slang too. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, or, I think or, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no there's definitely slang but it's different it's not like caribbean slang yeah you know like when yeah. i was in puerto rican or dominican i was just in the dominican republic um this past weekend and um i was like come again come again you know i'm fluent in spanish is my first language and and they're and you know and see when we do yeah it was just it was a whole different ball game yeah, yeah i would say yo if you're listening to this and you want to learn Spanish, like in a great environment, go to Guatemala and like immerse and, that's do. and like, know, that's, you know, that's how you learn. Yeah. You, you, there's lots of schools, um, that'll house you. There's lots of programs like that. And there's a city called Antigua. It's our cultural capital and people go there to learn, uh, Spanish and you can learn about, you know, you can learn mind languages and their history and uh, so many things, but a lot of people go to learn Spanish because the Spanish is very good. Colombian Spanish is very clear and good too. Yeah. Because all the other Spanishes in South America are <laughs> now that's where you get into dialects like Argentinian, Chilean, Peru. Oh my God. That's their own little world. Because also Mexican, Central America, we're very influenced by the United States. You know, we've always had business going on. We're basically an extent, like we're almost a state. Guatemala is like a state of the United States. You yeah. Know? Like, they don't like our president. They just remove it and put a new one, right? <laughs> Like we're going through elections right now, and basically they're eliminating the parties they don't like. Like, oh man! You know? <laughs> but yeah, they 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 you know Guatemala's biggest source of revenue is the money that Guatemalan Americans send back. Yeah, they're like forty billion dollars a year. Yeah, from las remesas, you know, the money people send back. So that keeps us, you know, Guatemala is a, a very industrial, rich little country. Of course, yeah. there's poverty because there's injustice and stuff and corruption but we're actually very you know resource uh rich and wealthy if you yeah. go there you'll see it and like you said our construction is very good and yeah. our architecture is beautiful you'll see you know guatemala is a really beautiful place um it is it, it's a shame that people have to live it leave it because there's a lot of violence and poverty and especially in you know certain cities and rural parts but um you know Central America, if you have the means, uh, it's it's a great place to live. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah. I'm convinced Guatemala has now bounced. It's been bumped up into the top five places I want to visit. So. It's probably <laughs> top ten where Americans retire. Really? Rica is probably top five because it's safer. Yeah. Uh, but Guatemala's up there. Antigua is 
filled. I, there's even like Hollywood stars who have homes there. Michael Douglas has a home in Antigua. Um, you know, like um, it's just a great place to retire to. Plus, it just sounds cool, Antigua. It's beautiful. It's just, it's a colonial city. Um, it was built by the Spanish, but with Mayan influence. So it has all those Spanish architecture with all the colors, yeah, uh, the vibrant colors of you know the indigenous people and the Mayan people in Guatemala. Do you know what uh what I thought about when I was uh when I was talking about your uh your Shakira joke about being uh Guatemalan and Palestinian? I uh one year for Christmas I got one of those, you know those like box those boxes that uh, like ancestry.com or 23andme or whatever yeah. where it, like where you like send in your spit and then it tells you whatever you are or whatever did and i it? yeah i did and i i already i knew i was irish because like you know i already know that from my family yeah. telling me that but i was like okay it's just gonna say i'm irish but then i got it back and i was all excited i was like oh what's it gonna say and then i opened it and it just said like the only surprising thing was that i was also part welsh and i was like cool uh I have a long history of of two different types of poor white people. <laughs> it was kind of like kind of like getting socks for Christmas, you know what I mean? I was like, yeah. dope. Also, also Welsh. The other like the other kind of like part of UK that is just kind of poor. <laughs> yeah, I should be careful no, what I say. There's like, a lot of UK listeners to this podcast. <laughs> what's the famous comedian, late night Irish red hair? Carrot top? No, no, no. no. Um, <laughs> It'll come to me, but he says he took the test and it came back 100% Irish. And he's like, even people in Ireland don't come out 100% Irish. They'll come out like you, like they'll have a little Welsh, a little this, a little that. Yeah. But I guess, you know, because he was <laughs> American by two 100% Irish people. Wow. Um, the name will come to me, but, you know. Was it Bill um, Burr? No, no, no. Um, late night show, big red hair that was always like in play. Oh, Conan O'Brien. Yes, Conan O'Brien. I don't know. I don't know why I said Bill Burr. He doesn't have any hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, love Bill Burr, one of my favorites. But no, Conan O'Brien. Yeah, a, yeah. He just says that story. It's really funny. Um, my friend, she's from Venezuela. She took it. I haven't taken it. I want to take it. Yeah. I think most of my ancestry will be in the Mediterranean because my mom is Southern Italian. Her parents are Southern Italian. Um, my dad is Palestinian. So most of me is going to be North Africa and the Mediterranean, I'm thinking. But my friend from Venezuela took it and she had from every continent. She had from the Iberian coast. She had indigenous from the- indigenous Oh, that's crazy. Colombia. She had African. She had Chinese. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Latinos have the best DNA test. <laughs> Well, not the best, but the funnest, right? Yeah, they be, they be fucking a lot and like in cool ways. <laughs> uh, it's dude, colonization. <laughs> you know, I think that if, if you get really into it, like as a hobby, I think you can like start tracing back your like your family tree. So you might even find out that like you're like related to like Julius Caesar if you're gonna get some Mediterranean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. people have done that. I had a cousin who started doing that with our family and I don't know, we didn't find anyone famous, but it was very interesting to see kind of like where everyone came from, you know? Yeah. Have you ever heard that like almost everybody's related to Genghis Khan because he had, because yeah, yeah. he had like 1 million kids. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so, uh, man, I wanted to just, uh, go back to some, some Miami stuff. You produce a comedy stage uh, for the gay eight yeah. festival. And I kind of looked it up a little bit. I've never, I've never been. I haven't been to Miami in years. But I was thinking, I was thinking, like you know, if the Gay Eight Festival was a person, 
they would be like the presidential candidate that people actually want to see right now. It's like, you know, fun, gay, Latino, yes. uh, with a sense of humor. I don't know. What do you think? 100%. <laughs> yeah. That's, you did find it. Gay 8 is, it's a gay festival in, in on 8th Street, Calle Ocho, which is like the main street in Little Havana. Yeah. And if you're a tourist in Miami, you'd probably, you should go to, you know, 8th Street and walk down and eat the food and have cafecito. There's the Tower Theater there, so you can watch like an independent film. Sometimes they have plays, sometimes they have comedy. And there is where I do the comedy show every year when we do the Gay 8. They, we do like queer short film viewings, and then in between we'll do comedy shows. Um, yeah, that festival's great because it, it was it, it was started for that, to have more of a gay, I'm sorry, to have more of a Latino face to gay pride in Miami because before gay eight and, you know, before kind of like downtown Miami and Miami as a city um, kind of blew up, it was really Miami Beach who had like the attention of everyone. Yeah. You know? Um, that's where gay pride was every day, and 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 that's beautiful. Oh, so uh, it's Miami, it's part of pride. Yeah, but Miami okay. Beach is very white. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's <laughs> ran by a lot of white people. Um, there's a lot of Jewish people, but they're still white. You know, they're white yeah. Jewish people, and uh, that's fine. But it doesn't represent this Miami. You know, this yeah. Latino Miami. Now, the city of Miami, you know, the peninsula, we're actually a completely different city, right? With different government. We're Cuban, we're Venezuela, and we're Haitian. The two yeah. majorities are Cuban and Haitian, right? And uh, so that, you know, that didn't really represent us. So we had to have our own little festival. So that's really what it is. It's our own little gay fest. And honestly, it's the best because, yeah. you know, it's not just because it's, it's, it's already the street is cute. There's so much stuff there to do. So they close it off, they make it pedestrian, and all the businesses, you know, go into queer mode. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're part of the festival, the, the food trucks all come out, all the different empanadas from all the different countries in Latin America. And, you know, you have art galleries, you have people singing, you have the viewing of short films. And two years ago, I met the, the producers, I'm like, we have to bring comedy into uh into it so this will be our third year i actually have a meeting with them after this one. Oh, cool hell yeah <laughs> to, uh to see where we're gonna do it next year um hopefully it's at the tower theater again but yeah com you know i've been trying to push comedy into the um the gay stuff here um yeah. that it was it, it's not part of it yet the drag queens in miami are not like the drag queens right now that you see on drag race oh, some of them that are comedians as well you know yeah bob the drag queen um trixie mattel um all these drag artists they they can do stand-up comedy off of, out of drag they're so funny you know they're yeah. comedians um that is not part of the drag culture here so you know sometimes hosting is awkward or just the just you know shows don't have that Part of that here so we've been trying to push comedy into queer culture that was one of the first events to have um comedy that was gay because you know they sometimes there's like oh no we only want drag queens oh no we only want comedy you know yeah it's a crucial I element drag can exist without comedy yeah and comedy can exist without artists like drag artists or musicians you know that use it to 
tell their stories. So Miami, Miami's such a young city. The scene is so fucking young. The drag scene is so young and the comedy scene is so young. Oh, uh, when I was when I was 18, I took some mushrooms and went to a drag show uh, at a place here in Nashville called Connections. It's gone now. And uh the the drag queen that was performing i have no no idea what their name was because of the laws or it's just it's been oh no there's there's just there's other there's other clubs that are bigger now it's just i think it's just gone now it's like oh no (laughs) no it wasn't like you know there's no replacement there's multiple replacements but uh but yeah the drag queen was so funny and then i the mushrooms kicked in and i was so obviously everything in the world became a thousand times funnier yeah, and I started laughing hysterically, and then it was kind of embarrassing, and I could tell I was embarrassing my friends. So I put my head down on the table to just try and get a grip on myself. And then when I looked back up, all my friends had left me, and everyone in the room was staring at me. <laughs> it was it was such a crazy way to be tripping, and I was like, "All right, I'm out of here." So okay, we got to get into this. This is pop culture shit that's happening right now. Uh, the two big movies just opened. Uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer. Just so we know where we stand, let's say which movie we'd rather go see on the count of three. So I'll go one, two, three, and we both and we both say our thing yeah. at the same time. All right, one, two, three. Barbie. Barbie. Yeah. You die. Uh, okay. I didn't say Barbie at three p.m. I have tickets. I'm I'm going to I'm going tomorrow. We're actually doing a special bonus yeah. episode on the podcast of yeah. Barbie. I want to see Barbie. Honestly, I want to see it because Greta made it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's going to be interesting because Greta, because the cast is amazing too. You know? Yeah. I don't, oh my God. Pretty people. Like, they're actually really good actors, you know? Okay. So, so this is, all right, look, this is a podcast that gets things done. And the people of Miami are expecting us to make sense of what's happening in the world right now. So it's up to us. I got to bring up uh, a little story out of the Miami Herald that you might be familiar with. But it has to do with Barbie, but it's kind of like a bit of a Miami thing because it's one of your state representatives. And <laughs> no Miami Herald, I'm not going to, I only want this one story. Okay. <laughs> uh, guys, listen, there are no spoiler alerts in this, even though it says review that this is not a review. This is just a a wicked person speaking. All right. Representative Matt Gates and his wife went to see the new Barbie movie. Then came the review. Uh, let's just kind of get into this for a second. Many yeah, grown-ups. Yeah, I saw the review. I want to get into it. <laughs> Many grown-ups, especially those of us who espe- obsessively played with dolls as kids, will fess up to being pretty psyched to see Barbie, the brandy, uh, the brand's first live-action movie. Even Representative Matt Gates and his wife Ginger Lucky. That's her name. That's... I don't know. That's her name. I think that's her. Her stripper name. name. I think that might be her like Instagram name or like her celebrity name. Her name is Ginger Lucky. That is, there's okay. All right, whatever. Of course, Matt Gates would have like a crazy like stripper name wife. All right, went all well out, decked in pink for a yeah. screening on Monday. Well, that was <laughs> even if she knows that name. What the fuck? Yeah, Ginger Lucky. She's uh, yeah. It's like a half of a Spice Girl. Uh, in fact, if she chose it, that's more fucked up. Okay, like if your yeah. mom that name, be like, okay, it's my mom's fault. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I can see it. I can see it being something like if you, uh, if you want to be a rapper and you're like 14, I'm Ginger Lucky. You know, like you're trying to be like kind of a, like a Spice Girl type rapper. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it reminded me of Ginger Lucky. <laughs> All right, let's yeah. let's get into this, and I want to hear I want to hear what you your opinions of her, uh, 
her review of the movie Barbie. Once again, there's no real spoilers in there. This is just, I honestly, this is just insane. This comes from uh, Ginger Lucky, aka Ginger Gates. Thinking about watching the Barbie movie, I'd recommend sticking to getting outfit inspiration and skipping the theater. Here's why. The Barbie I grew up was a representation of limitless possibilities, embracing diverse careers and feminine empowerment. All right, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I highly doubt that the movie is against feminine empowerment. But anyway, the 2023 Barbie movie unfortunately neglects to address any notion or faith or family and tries to normalize the idea that men and women can't collaborate collaborate positively. Yuck. Um, (laughs) I think she's she's dumb. I think she might be dumb. That's a really good take. Like, first of all, that name, I can't get over it. And then second of all, I think she's dumb because I haven't seen the movie. I'm going to watch this afternoon. I'm not going to spoil anything. But from what I've heard, and from what I've seen from the trailers, and from what I know, I'm a, uh, uh, you know, the director, her movies, and what I know from her movies, I think it's almost like little girls are playing with a Barbie. You know what I mean? Oh, it's like meta. Yeah. So okay, cool. It's a hyper-feminine world, even if there's masculine characters in it, because this is little girl's mind. Or yeah. A boy's mind. but Or a little child's mind, you know? Yeah. But you know, I've played with Barbie. Yeah, and so have I. Barbie mode, everything's sweet and pink. Yeah. Okay. I don't care if it's a, a gorilla, all of a sudden it's a sweet gorilla. You know what I mean? Like it's like I think she, yeah, I think she's missing on the aesthetic and the 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 camp style of the film, you know. I, I agree. Um, I don't think she's smart enough to fucking understand this movie, yeah. but let's go into her. Pro- I heard it's a movie with a lot of layers. Yeah, a child will see it and see Barbie, but it's an adult will see kind of, you know. Um, the story within the story, right? Let's go. Let's go into her prose and see what she, what she has to do with prose. All right, prose of the movie: Margot Robbie's performance, okay, stunning costume design, amazing soundtrack. Any notes on prose? I mean, I wasn't crazy about the soundtrack, but yeah, it's Barbie music. You know? <laughs> oh, do they use that song? The like, come on, Barbie, the let's go party. I know it is because they, I've seen people just like play it at comedy shows, like the Barbie playlist or the Barbie soundtrack. Yeah. And then we're hearing it and we're like, what the fuck is this? And we're like, oh, it's the Barbie soundtrack, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like, I guess it's, it's Barbie music. Is it like some, some, put that wet ass pussy? Is that one of the songs? No. Okay. <laughs> but it would be <laughs> funny if it was. No. All right. It's, it's, honestly, the songs are just like kind of variations of the Barbie girl song. Like it's all very like animated synth pop. Not my thing. But anyways. Okay, let's let's get into the, the cons. This is yeah. this is where it gets insane. All right. Unfortunate portrayal of big dreams causing anxiety instead of inspiration. Disappointingly low T from Ken and unfair treatment of pregnant barbie midge take it away i don't that's that's so much to again, dump on a person's listen, brain again if you think about maybe the director made this movie from the perspective of a little girl or boy playing in this feminine world then all that makes sense <laughs> all right <laughs> Oxenone does not take part in this barbie world i don't care who you are right yeah and what was the other one the um, the big dreams causing anxiety What's wrong with that? That's realistic. I've never seen more anxiety than me trying to become what I've always wanted to, which is a stand-up comedian, you know? Yeah. Yes, I've exactly. Never, I've never felt more anxiety than than with the things that I care about, about the most. So, of course, your dreams and your career and all that. 
You, you know what? You know what gives you no anxiety? Being the wife of some, the, being the wife of being some creep uh, congressman, and like that's your job is to be his wife and bitch about Barbie. Like yeah. that's a low anxiety and position. And look, I don't know. If this is going to be offensive, and to who it's going to be offensive. But you know, this couple very much represents what the billionaires who like basically put them there, right? Want yeah. them to. And it's, you know, kind of this facade of the heterosexual white American couple, um, you know, with these opinions. And I think that, you know, they fit that little, you know, they kind of feel like little puppets. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. I think that they chose her because she has, because she's kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah. you know, they, her husband is there because he's dumb and he'll do anything they'll tell him to and he'll say anything they'll tell him to. Yeah. And, you know, he's been caught in his lies and his misinformation many times publicly. And, uh, and, and, you know, I don't know, that's your husband, girl. Also, let me chime in. I'm sorry. There's, there's some, there's an egregious statement in this that I yeah. refuse to sorry let go. I'm like, you know, remember, you gotta, you gotta. Control. When she says, when she said that Ken has low T, she's talking about Ryan Gosling. And I'm like, I, I, one would assume she fucks Matt Gates and has the audacity to say that Ryan Gosling has low testosterone. That is insane. <laughs> and That's insane. Yeah, he's kind of like, yeah, because I can see why I, maybe, I, you know, he, he does play second tier to Barbie. You know, he's not more important than Barbie. It doesn't affect his testosterone level. Yeah, but no, it doesn't. And yeah, no, no, no. She's the, and again, remember, it's a world in a, in a Barbie world. Yeah. Sexuality is not a thing. Yeah. So hormones and him being rude, taking his place as a man is. Yeah. When uh, you're playing Barbies, you don't do that. It's, it's not Fast know. and the Furious or what I fucking whatever, man. Or like, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I, man. I know, exactly. That's a perfect example yeah. where you would want them to have high tea. I guess. Yeah, I guess it's such I a guess. well. You know, the thing is, the, even these, the girls there have high tea, or what you would call high tea. I guess you know, these it's a masculine. No, it's a masculine aesthetic. You know, yeah. actually, it's artistic. What she's yeah. talking about is the artistic style. This is he was supposed to be low tea. Yeah, he was supposed to be you know this kind of male figure in this little kid's mind. You know, Ken, Ken does whatever Barbie wants. Yes, right? that's what Ken, Ken is for. <laughs> you know, I'm gay. I love men. I'm a boy. I didn't give a shit about Ken. I never yeah. played with Ken. Yeah. Unless she was going with, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that's why he, that's where his performance comes from. And from other people who have cued into the artistic style of the movie, they say he's brilliant. And that the way he does it is kind of incredible. Because camp is very hard to do well. Yeah. It can go bad very easily. Yeah. So yeah. I give credit to Margot Robbie and Ryan Reynolds for you know that can you know a lot of uh camp movies you know have horrible reviews because people don't get them or yeah they just miss the mark you know i just i just had to come in hot a little bit there because her uh going after my dear sweet ryan gosling uh since fuck. the mickey mouse club okay yeah, yeah get the oh have you seen that video of him doing the hammer pants dance <laughs> oh my God. He, yeah he's he's been a, a fucking a star since day one all right yeah. anyway he's an honorary miamian because he married eva mendez and eva mendez is the girl in the will smith video that says bienvenida a miami just so you know 
I'm going to finish off her uh, review here. She said, I really wanted to enjoy it, but ended up feeling let down. American Girl brand, please don't take notes on this one. Okay, first of all, no one's going to make an American Girl movie, so shut up. That's not a thing. <laughs> it's so stupid. Well, maybe there is, no? Maybe there's a cartoon. I don't know. I have nieces, so there's a cartoon for everything. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, man. I got to get into one more Miami thing here, and this Go is ahead. something that I... I am highly opinionated about. You don't have to be, but I think we've talked about this a little bit with, you know, especially because Miami's got so much culture, so much good food. This comes from the uh, Miami Times. Oh, Miami New Times. Sorry, I'm not I'm not familiar with your newspapers that well. Yeah. Finally, Guy Fieri opens Chicken Guy at Dadeland Mall. Flavortown has officially arrived in Miami. Are they suggesting that Flavor was not previously in Miami before Guy Fieri's arrival? Because he makes fast food. That's like saying that that's like opening a Jack in the box and being like, finally food has arrived in Miami. That's the thing. I feel like this is probably the same marketing, uh, <laughs> you know, wording that they've used in many places he's opened, but those places aren't Miami, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I guess when you read it to me, it sounds even a little offensive, but I can see it being harmless. But the Miami Times should know better, you know? Um, yeah, no, no. He's not even the most flavorful in Dadeland Mall. Let's just put it that way, okay? <laughs> yeah, and I'll be, and I will say this uh, in in defense of myself because when this podcast very first started out, I think it was episode three. So we're like, a, this is like a episode one hundred and twenty-two right now. In episode three, I talked shit about Guy Fieri, uh, and then I had another episode with with a. Uh, like a fine dining chef on who I'd worked with in the past. And I talked even more shit about Guy Fieri and there were people defending him saying like that he was cool. And I think as time has proven me right. Time and time again, that he's has not there been any controversy fucking... on Guy Fieri. Uh, recently he came out with some shit uh, he, about owning the libs. And I always find that to be uh, oh, re repellent. I think he's just like a, a messy Republican, I guess. Yeah. He's like a, he's super Trumpy and he's, and he's like, he's like, if, if you don't like the fact that I like, uh, if I'm that I'm into Trump and Kid Rock, then you need to get over it, liberals. And I was like, dude, no one gave a fuck what you were into before until you made it everyone's business. So just, I don't know. I feel like uh, I've yeah. been, yeah, I've I been kind of like this Trump era where all like everyone who's been assholes <laughs> kind of revealing themselves. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now I see why he opened a restaurant in Miami because um, you know what, and why he opened it in South Miami. Because that's white and Republican. They are Cuban. Yeah. But they look just like him. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, they look they, they dress exactly. Oh my like god, do they do they like frost their tips and fucking wear like ridiculous yeah. jewelry? Oh, okay. I mean, you know, and there's, and there's a large just, you know, you know, European or you know, whatever you want to um European American white um population in South Miami. So that's why he's opening there. That's probably why he made a name for himself here. Because now all these people are celebrities in these conservative places. Miami's a conservative place. Yeah. I got one last thing we need to, like, as far as, like, Miami news that we just have to take. This is this happened yesterday. So uh, and we were just talking about Wynwood earlier. Yeah. Chaos on South Florida roadways as street racers take over Wynwood, I-95, Miami Gardens. Have you heard about this? Yeah, it happens all the time. It's a Miami thing. I, um, you know, I don't, I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb and say, I don't support it. I don't support the uh, race car guys. Uh, Are you on their side? Oh, no, uh, I don't like it. It's dangerous. Yeah. 
annoying. It wakes me up. Because they do it. <laughs> yeah, dude. I live on the Brickle Bridge and they do it here and they shut the bridge down sometimes. Look, I get the spectacle. I get the culture and I don't know if you want to call it sport or art of it. Yeah. Um, and I like a little rebellion, you know, but I'm like, I'm excited that they have a, you know, as a as an artist and a comedian, I'm excited that they have like a community, I guess, you know, yeah. like they're expressing themselves. I don't know what the insides of these communities are like, like what, you know, I, 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 have oh, dude, I, I do. They're, they're fucking dorks. I know exactly dorks. what, oh, I've, I've met a bunch of these guys. They're all a bunch of fucking dorks. I'm hoping that what I'm, look, I've been in, I've been in biker settings. I've been with a lot of bikers. Yeah. Or it had been because, you know, some of my, you know, straight guy friends were bikers and it was very, you know, like to- toxic, masculine, homo and transphobic as fuck. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this, cause I feel like this is the young, the, the newer, uh, like the young, this is like the new age bikers, I guess. It's probably more inclusive. I'm hoping if look, <laughs> I'm just saying I want more <laughs> trans bikers. I want more. Patients. Yeah. If, Hell it, yeah. if it's not toxic, if it's not toxic, do it. I like young people being a little anarchist. Um, the rebel is, you know, the the heart of the rebel is what keeps us democratic in a sense. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but they are rebels. They're being young. I'm not mad at them. I was going to say, I agree with you. And like, I support that. Like, yeah, rebellion. I think that's cool. But when you said like, you live somewhere near, so I have this problem on my street right in front of my house. These guys do it on my street. And I have like, I've got a dog and I got a kid and I, I fucking hate it. Cause I'm like, dude, you're going to kill All one of us. All the dogs in the building start barking. Yeah. It becomes a thing. You know, everyone's yeah. aware. Everyone goes to the balcony. It really disrupts people. I've been filming during it. it you know? Yeah. And they're like, it's either part of the podcast or it's not. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's disruptive, especially downtown because we have all these bridges in downtown Miami and it's already kind of a mess. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they try to do the most popular areas so they get attention and they get like, they get a lot of posts. They do it for clout, you know? Yeah. Like, okay. I suggest all these guys go learn how to do graffiti, do graffiti instead. It's rebellious. It's cool. It's an art form and it's cheaper. Yeah, but it's, yeah, yeah. I think, look. I think if they like had a day, like they have like one C a month here in Miami where it's like bike day and everyone's on their bikes or something. Yeah. I think so. I think they're <laughs> maybe not, not anymore. I don't know. <laughs> we hate bikers and pedestrians. Um, but, uh, you know, if they had that like once a month, yeah, I think it'd be cool. I think it would stimulate the economy. You know, it could be a cultural thing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, organize it once a month, man. Don't organize fucking it. do yeah, it like in the middle of the street. And I know yeah. that it, it's dangerous, you know. Yeah. It feels dangerous. They start doing those. Go- Anyways, I'm sounding like <laughs> we both are. <laughs> okay, I got one thing to tell you though. We are getting dangerously close to the lightning round. Let me tell you how the lightning round works. This is the part of the podcast where I ask you a series of questions super fast. You don't have any time to think, you just got to answer. Um, okay. I did not write the lightning round. This was written by a co-producer, Colleen. She just dropped it off. Cool. And I'm going to see which one you... It's different every time, but we'll be getting... Oh, we're getting a lot of these. And actually, these are some of the most fun. This is a Mad Lib. Have you done a Mad Lib before? Yeah. Okay. So I'll just be asking you like noun, uh, adjective, verb. And we are going to write a story called... Oh, Bad Boys 4. (laughs) Doug and Tarek take Miami. So basically, well, we've 
uh, Will Smith is still a little too hot right now to be cast in Bad Boys 4, so they're actually casting you and me. Uh, you could be in Will Smith's uh, role, and I'll be in uh, Martin Martin, uh, Martin Lawrence's yeah. role. So I'm, I'm Martin Lawrence, yeah. you're Will Smith. Will would be the gay one. You know, <laughs> you know, like he's, you know. <laughs> I was just trying to give you the better role, man. Okay. Oh, uh, no, Martin was the better role. He's the comedian, bro. Yeah, okay. Well, do you want to trade back or do you want to no, take no, no, I'll take, <laughs> take, take Dima. She's All a right. Dima. I love her. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this is called Bad Boys 4. Doug Atari Tate, Miami, a Mad Lib story by Copeters Colleen, co-written by Atari. All right. The son. Oh, sorry, I'm not supposed to read that. I'm supposed to ask you questions. All right. <laughs> Adjective. Beige. All right. Uh, liquid. Mercury. That's really good. Plural noun. Clouds. Okay. Is that a plural noun? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, adjective. Funny. Okay. Is that an adjective? Yeah. Yeah. Last name. <laughs> Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Yeah. Gonzalez. <laughs> I'll try and say it like you say it when I read this. <laughs> uh, adjective. Tall. You know, every single person that gets one of these Mad Libs gets like so. Uh, bummed on the adjectives because it like puts you so on the spot. Uh, drug, ketamine. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're like pulling out things like mercury and ketamine, like things that no one else would even can, like think of to write for a liquid or <laughs> drug. I know uh, I said mercury. That's yeah. <laughs> adjective, rough, and adjective, soft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, plural nouns. Plural nouns. Ah. Uh bicycles nice and plural nouns again flags this is going to be such a good story i can already tell uh endearing term for a friend kind i think it's more like a like a nickname kind of thing oh oh like oh okay gordito gordito i like that does that mean like little fatty that's horrible in english <laughs> gordito, that's what what's up little fatty okay uh vocalization such as like a sigh when you clear your throat up. <clears throat> okay. What's that? I'll say clearing throat. I'll yeah. say, oh, it's ahem. That's what it is. Uh -huh. It's an ahem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same drug. That's ketamine. And yummy treats, plural. Pistachios. Hell yeah. You know what? I forget about pistachios. And then when I re remember about them, I'm always like, oh, yeah. These are like the my favorite. Salted pistachios to mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pepper, pistachio. Pepper pistachio, bro. Adjective. Um, adjective. Crazy. Crazy. I promise we're almost there. We're like almost at the end. Verb. What? A verb. A verb. A run. Noun. Cactus. Nice. Yeah. yeah. All right. Weapons plural. Weapons plural. <laughs> uh, <laughs> biological. No, no. What's it? Um, I feel like you're looking around at your own weapons, seeing like which one you pick. Where's my gun? Where's my gun? <laughs> Where's the gun? Let's keep it American. AR-15. AR-15. Nothing more American than that. All right. Yeah. Alcohol, alcoholic drinks. <laughs> um, drinks? Yeah. A drink of mezcal. All right. I think I've never had that. Like, in a, yeah. No, it's like the mother of tequila. It's delicious. It's oh, bad. I have had mezcal. Yeah. You, uh, should, you can. You should always pick the mezcal over the tequila. Okay, I'll drink it at Barbie tomorrow. Uh, foolish and fun activity. 
foolish and fun activity. Smoking weed. Smoke, duh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ketamine again. And number. 15. 15? 15. Okay. All right. We've done it. Let's see what we have created. I have a feeling this is going to be... I feel like as soon as the writer or the writer strike and uh, actor strike is over, we need to submit this in. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that without even reading it, sight unseen. <clears throat> All right, let's see what we uh, what what happens when you and I take Miami in Bad Boys Four. <laughs> the sun rose over the Miami skyline as Tarek looked out the window of his beige high rise apartment and sipped his cup of morning mercury. Looks like a good day to get some clouds, he said to himself. Suddenly, the phone rang. It was his funny boss, Police Chief Gonzalez, with some tall news. What? shouted Tarek. Ketamine? Not in my town. He hung up the phone and knew there was only one person that he'd call. His ex-partner, Doug, a real rough cop who had quit the force after a soft scandal involving bicycles and flags. It's great to hear from you. <laughs> it's great to hear from you, Gordita, said Doug, but I just can't help you. Why, said Tarek. You know why, said Doug. Tarek let out a deep, ahem. Doug, listen to me. They're putting ketamine in pistachios and handing them out at kids' birthday parties. We can't let this happen. Not in Miami. There was a long, crazy pause. Then Doug said, fine, but only if you let me run the cactus first. And I'm driving. Two days later, after a lot of AR-15s, a few too many mezcals, and some good old-fashioned smoking weed, Doug and Tarek had rid Miami from ketamine for good. And they were both promoted despite causing $15 in damages. The end. Fucking Universal Universal Studios. Get at me, Universal Studios. It's perfect. (laughs) I feel like... I feel like he had to fight with a cyclist during the Pride Parade. <laughs> yeah. So it was controversial because it was, yeah, being homophobic. But really, the cyclist was being an asshole and he's a cop. And <laughs> it was a soft scandal involving flags. I love it. It was too good. I love and it. I love how they were so passionate of ridding it of ketamine. Because this is the cocaine city. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> well, see, cocaine's important to the economy. I like that uh, we had to like gather a bunch of AR-15s, drink a ton of mezcal, and smoke a bunch of weed, and that's how we saved the fucking day. Yeah, very Miami. I feel like that's yeah. exactly what they would have done. You know, I think this honestly, I I loved Bad Boys One. I love Bad Boys Two. Bad Boys Three was okay, but Bad Boys Four sounds like it's going to be the best. Oh my one god, yet. I want to see it. Yeah, uh, fun, dude, that was really fun. I have one last question for you, and it's the most important question of the day. That is, how can people find you, find your comedy, uh, watch you, like all, you know, any shows you might have, all that stuff? Yeah, well, honestly, the best way to follow me is Instagram. But I'm also on YouTube, and I post all my uh, reels there as well, um, amongst other uh, among other things. I'm going to start a podcast soon, too. Uh, but yeah, I'll be at the Improv um, all this coming month. I'm there on July 25th. I'm there in August 25th. Yeah, no, 22nd. Um, you know, I'll be at the Improv. I'm in Villain Theater every weekend doing improv and stand-up. And I teach every Tuesday at Villain Theater. I, I teach the stand-up uh, workshop. It's a five-week workshop. So if you want to join that, you know, there's one every month. It's five weeks long. Go to villaintheater.com. 
really just come to Villain Theater. I'm always there. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, guys, check it out. You heard it here first. If you're in Miami area, go to the Villain Theater. It sounds like a super fun place. I'm going to, that's like, next time I'm in Miami, it's going to be my first stop. So, yeah. And listen, and if you mention this podcast, I'll give you two free tickets. Oh, shit. All right. You heard that. That's like a, on Doug's podcast. You get yeah, two free tickets. That is a, that's a legit uh, promo code. Promo code. My views are my own podcast, guys. Two free tickets. You yeah. can't beat that. That's <laughs> Just write in, follow me on and write me on Instagram or something. Okay. Yes. Follow me. I'll look at you. Or, you know, just mention the podcast and then um, I'll give you tickets. All right, man. Thank you so much for meeting me so early in the morning. It's uh, awesome uh, having to talk with you, man. No worries. I hope it was good. Thanks for having me, man. And uh, great questions. I really had a, a great time.